Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing American Gangster from 2007. Directed and produced by Ridley Scott and starring Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe. Vincent's selection for this stop on the Michaud mission as we head into the holiday weekend. Yes. I hope that everyone is looking forward to a very safe and happy holiday. I know you are as well, Vincent. Absolutely. I absolutely think you said you're going to be heading out of town for I the am. holiday. I am. I am. Thanksgiving with the relatives in Baltimore. That'll be nice. To the home place. That's nice. Always. That's nice. I'm actually going to be heading out of town myself, going to New York. Ah, New York, New York. The Bronx, more specifically. Ah, boogie down. For um, Thanksgiving with my lady and her family. I have a question for you, Vincent. Okay. In regards to Thanksgiving. In regards to Thanksgiving. A Thanksgiving question. A Thanksgiving question for you, as well as for the missionaries. Let's, you know, start things on a fun note. Okay. Before we get down to the serious business. Yes. When you have Thanksgiving in, in your house, Vincent, mm-hmm. are, do you handle any aspect of the cooking, or is that all? No, not at all. That's all, Wendy? Not at all. I'm, I'm, an, I'm the supply getter, mm-hmm. food taster. And Carver. I would imagine you're the Carver. Well, I've never hosted. Like, I've never hosted the big day in my house. Really? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. Just the way things, you know, because we kind of have a Christmas deal. Like, we have a Christmas brunch okay. right before Christmas. So that's our big hosting so that So that's thing. your hosting thing. Yeah. Okay. So Thanksgiving. Right. Okay. All right. Cool. Right. Okay. Well, a question for you then. Okay. And you missionaries out there, and all of you listening at home, feel free to email your answers to mission at gmail.com. Oh, boy, this is serious. We're gathering data. What non-traditional food would you add to the Thanksgiving table? Interesting. And by non-traditional, I mean non-tra- not traditional to Thanksgiving. I have been in various households where someone is frying chicken. Okay. Would that count as non-traditional? I don't think that counts because I I do think at least in my experience has been while not always I more than a few times have seen fried chicken offered as a as as as, as, as an additive as, on the as, table. That's, so just so fried chicken doesn't count. I wouldn't see that as then I don't I don't really have cuz I I actually love Thanksgiving. I will say this. My mother Oftentimes made sauerkraut for my sister. Well, that, see, now that is definitely interesting. So sauerkraut always showed up. Now, I don't like sauerkraut. At all? At all. Not even on like a, a sausage or a hot dog or anything? Here's the thing. On a Reuben or a hot dog, I like coleslaw instead. Ugh, ugh. I know. Oh, oh, oh. It's the only way that I like it. Like when I get my Reubens, I get it with coleslaw. Oh. Instead of sauerkraut, which I just learned two years ago, they call that a Rachel. Sounds like a Rachel. Yeah, and I, I do like a hot dog sometimes with coleslaw on it. Oh, oh, Vincent. oh, oh! Well, it's the just... only way I like coleslaw. <laughs> mm. Mm. I can't even be mad at you. 
because oh. it's 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 a weird dish. Okay, let's get off of that. Get but, off of that. But I'm interested in the sauerkraut for Thanksgiving for your sister. Yeah. Does she have it and then eat it separate, or does she add it to? I have no idea what she's doing over there. <laughs> you don't like take a, a glance over at her no, plate. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, well, how big of a uh, helping of sauerkraut would your mother put out? Like a whole plate, I mean, a whole you bowl, know, like a little dish. Would it all be gone? I I, I wasn't. I, I feel like I wasn't prepared for that. I didn't know I was supposed <laughs> to be taking notes. Okay, like like I'm real sort of invested in what's going on on my plate, but not not your sister, but not like my sister's plate. Is this your first time, that, like your sister be hosting? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. When she hosts, does she have a, a bigger supply of? See, I don't have a frame of reference because I never noticed how big okay. the plate. Because that's some nonsense. Okay. It's like that, and and and, and I don't like cranberry sauce. Me neither. No, so, like, so you don't like even that, pay attention to the all cranberry that. sauce every now and then, like uh, some cabbage or something to show mm-hmm. up. Like I don't. That's not me. Okay. Okay. So y'all, all right, whatever's happening over there. I'm happy for you, but that's not for me. I'll be interested if the turkey is served on a bed of sauerkraut. Bed of sauerkraut? Just, just <laughs> I wouldn't mind picking it out from the sauerkraut. Like, I'm not allergic to sauerkraut. I don't worship some strange god that's against sauerkraut, but I'm not a sauerkraut. What, what dish would you add, Lynn? I feel like this is such a very specific question that you had some answer in mind you wanted to add. I do. Are we going? Is this about pretzel bites? No, it's not pretzel bites. Okay, go ahead. It's not pretzel bites. Okay. If I had my druthers, okay, I would give people the traditional Thanksgiving. Okay, okay, I'd do it. Right? How magnanimous of you? Because I'm I'm a giver. Yes. And I want to give people. Got to give the people what they want. Got to. However. However. I would also have. In addition. In addition. Hmm. I would have. A platter of hamburgers. <laughs> okay, I'm not not Bluto. Um, wimpy. Oh, okay, wimpy. <laughs> I would have a platter of hamburgers. And would you say I'll gladly pay tomorrow for a hamburger today? It's Thanksgiving, so they're free. Free hamburgers. They're free hamburgers. Not cheeseburgers. Well, because there will be cheese on the side. <laughs> so you can add the cheese you if you the, want to. The and there will be different cheeses. Different types. of. So it's almost like a hamburger, a hamburger bar. bar. A hamburger exactly, bar. Exactly. Okay. Because there will be okay. made-to-order French fries. Made-to-order French fries in a hamburger bar. Yes. In addition to the Thanksgiving, to Thanksgiving. and and how, why and how long have you because been thinking about this? This is the reason why I've been thinking about this. Okay, is because as traditional as it is to sit and eat Thanksgiving, yes, also traditional it is to sit around and watch television. Yes, right. And while you are watching movies and shooting, you know, shooting right. the get with all your family, you're also watching sports. Yes, yes, which is why. Which is why I don't think that fried chicken is necessarily out of place. Right. Because you're sitting there watching sports, you're eating, uh, eating wings. Eating wings. To that, to that thought, you could also have 
the burgers and the fries. Burgers and fries. Now, for those who think that the burgers and fries are not going to be eaten, sure. There's a lot of people that are not going to eat the burgers and fries. They're going to fill up on the meal and, and seconds of the Thanksgiving dinner. Sure. But a lot of the guys that are sitting and watching the football games, sure. the people that are sitting and watching the Marvel movies, right. the kids that are running around, You're eating the burgers. they will eat the burgers sure. and eat sure. the fries. Sure. So they will not go to waste. Interesting. You know who else would love that? Who? The person who spent a week slaving and doing the prep that is involved in most Thanksgiving dinners. They would like they 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 would probably love that like 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 people gathering all their supplies right now from the supermarkets mm-hmm. and their turkeys defrosting and mm-hmm. and people are putting together their stuffings and 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 you know people are going to be mashing potatoes at yes. five six o'clock in the morning and 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 the the macaroni and cheese grating the cheeses the cheese are, they're going to love your hamburger bar. And the kids running back and forth, filling up on that in French fries. Are you being facetious? Oh, yeah. That's going to be a big hit. You know what? (laughs) Jot this down. I want you to stop at Five Guys (laughs) and Shake Shack on the way to your lady's Thanksgiving event. Is this your first time having Thanksgiving with the family? It is. Perfect. This is perfect. This is how you make a good impression (laughs) on relatives that you've never met. I want you... To buy a bunch of cheeseburgers <laughs> and fries, take them to her relative's house, lay them out on a platter next to the television, and say, I hope you don't mind, but I brought additional. Cheeseburgers slash hamburgers. And you know what? You should get an array of fries. Like stop at Arby's, get like some curly fries, and then lay it out on a platter. Gather the children up and say, children, why don't you? That's that's a wonderful idea. Come back next week and report in. see here's the thing what you don't realize is the inspiration for this idea was years ago there was a mcdonald's commercial Uh where this young boy is talking about it was it's like it's his turn to host a party for all his friends and he went and caught a bunch of McDonald's burgers. Mm-hmm. He put them on a platter and he just put toothpicks in all of them. Yeah, oh yeah. And then put them out. I think I I I like my idea. <laughs> well, yeah. Blue Blue Girl Blue Girl 718 says Len is showing up at Thanksgiving dinner with a sack of White Castle burgers. I'm not, I know better than to get White Castle burgers, Blue Girl. Okay. I would not I would not do that. All right, right, right. Again, only the best. I want you to show up with some Shake Shack. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Deborah Battle says, because my grandmother used to have students for different countries in her home, they sometimes had dishes from Iran, Turkey, and Guyana. Nice. Very or nice. Ghana, excuse me. Yeah, so that that is nice. I, I, I like that. Uh Khadidra suggests sweet chili salmon. 
Interesting. Seafood. I do like. A, I was going to say salmon, but I don't know. Like, I think the irony is that salmon probably showed up in the original Thanksgiving. It probably did. Probably did. Uh, Damon Williams. Yes, yes, my brother, who I am assuming will be. Uh, I believe so. He says, you know. Much like Vincent Williams, I'm also a traditionalist, but but I think the spirit of Len's idea isn't such a bad thing. So, Damon, why don't you get a sack of burgers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead, Damon. Mm-hmm. And show up at oh, your Oh, yeah, sister. bring it over to Michelle's house. <laughs> go to Michelle's Absolutely. house. Absolutely. With a bag Keep of five guys. Until I get there. Because I want to watch it unfold. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Michelle already baking pies and oh yeah, absolutely bring some cheeseburgers over there. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad idea. Oh, uh, hey man, look. I bet if there were burgers, you would eat one. I bet I would not. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into the show. Um, oh, yes. Because we got a, actually a thick show and we've got a hard out. Yeah. tonight because we got some business that we have to take care of but we do and speaking of business we have a huge announcement the michelle mission is doing it live yes, yes sir. the michelle mission will be live in person at city winery here in philadelphia on saturday january 21st right down in downtown philadelphia tickets are on sale right now at citywinery.com slash Philadelphia. And this is going to, going to be a Michelle mission unlike any you have seen before. Why, you ask? I'll tell you. Because while Vincent and I will be there, will be live, and a question has come up, Vincent, that I want to pose to you right after this. Okay. Um, we will be there doing it live on stage at City Winery. We will have a a fun top five list for that for that event. We also will have a six degrees of Durval Martin for that event. Oh yeah. But unlike a regular Michelle Mission episode, we won't have a review. This is special. We're going to have an actual movie screening. We are actually going to be screening a whole film that night. And the film that we're going to screen is The Outside Story Mm. from 2020. When Charles locks himself out of his building, he's forced to go horizontal and confront the world he's been avoiding in search of a way back inside. This is a very, very fun dramedy and that's what they say i think it's more of a comedy starring none nobody less than from atlanta brian tyree henry and from star trek discovery sonequa martin green mm-hmm. as well as comedian sanita mani and it was written and directed by Casimir novkowski cool movie from samuel golden pictures and we are going to be screening the entire film at City Winery, Saturday, January 21st, citywinery.com slash Philadelphia. Tickets are on sale now, ladies and gentlemen. Please get them. It's going to be like a nice little intimate room. So 
We want to fill that up with as many missionaries as possible as the Michaud Mission is bringing you a live event in January. And that'll be a good time. It's going to be a really good time. It's going to be a good time. So it'll be a good date night. Yeah. Be a nice girls' night out. Mm-hmm. You know, you can get to get your nice wine on. Fellas. Fellas come. Yeah, fellas out. come out. Fellas come out because the, actually this is a fun movie. Brian Tyree Henry, the hero mm-hmm. of Atlanta. It, he's actually it, I it really like watching the trailer for this film is um like this guy, like he can do everything. Brian Tyree Henry can do anything. He can do anything, really can. man. And it does. It's light, it's breezy, and I think certainly after the past few years, we we could use a light, breezy lot. Exactly. So come on out. Come on out, ladies and gentlemen. Check. City Winer has a great menu. Mm-hmm. You know, the food's great. It's right in the name winery. Mm-hmm. There's booze. Yes. Yeah, it'll be booze. a good time. It'll be a good time. It'll be a good time. All right. So come out and show mission with us. Yes. In that regards, Vincent. Yes. A question has come up. Mm-hmm. What are we going to wear? Don't start. Somebody asked me some clothes. Uh, look, I'm not dressing up. I'm not putting on no capes or wigs. I'm or... not saying co- okay, but you know how you get. No, I don't want to. I don't want to do right. cosplay. Right. I, I mean, but I don't want to be like underdressed or overdressed. This is in January. It's in January. Yeah, I guarantee I'm probably gonna have one some jeans, jeans, maybe, maybe a nice sports jacket, maybe or maybe. sweater, a sweater, a sweater, sweater. One of my nicer pair of sneakers. One of your nicer pair of Air Force Ones? Yeah, hey, man. Keep, <laughs> I keep telling you, Nike ain't sending us no check. <laughs> you know me. You know how I do. But yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah. I don't want to. I, I want to be on par All with right, you. Yeah, yeah. I, it's I, hard to be on par with you. Right. But you got I to can't watch go you. With... You'll be putting on a, a top hat or something. We, we should wear top hats. First of all. See? Here we go. Here, go ahead. Go Here ahead. We go. Here we go. Here go we ahead. Go. I wasn't thinking about anything like that. Okay. But it's not a, bad, uh-huh. it's not uh-huh. a bad idea. Yeah, right. uh-huh. It's not a bad idea doing top hats. Hey, you wear what you won't wear. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm not getting dressed up. Because you went out, because you didn't do the 70s yes. for Shaft. I know. Th- thank God for Ariel. Yes. Right. And a few other people right, that were right. dressed in 70s. And, and you know why? I said, I'm not dressing up. And you said, I'm good on, good on the shirt. I said, all right, hey, man, do it. I'm not dressing up. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you about the team. It'll be casual, cool. And a top hat. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have listener mail, Vincent, but what we do have. No missives from the missionary. Ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. We have a voicemail. Hi, this is um, Aaron Fry. Um, just a question. Where were you when the OJ verdict was announced? I, I met an old co-worker who uh, used to work with me, and we were in, in the same office when the OJ verdict w- was announced, and some people <laughs> were elated, some people <laughs> Some people were not. So um just 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 that question. Where were you when the OJ verdict was announced? Thanks. Bye. All right, Vincent. Where were you on I believe that date was October third, nineteen ninety five. That sounds about right. I was working at the library. 
Okay. This was before graduate school. This is, I'd gotten a job after undergrad, you know, just sort of a couple of years and I was working in the library. And I remember the library was empty because everyone was waiting for the verdict. And we actually pulled a machine out from the back. Mm -hmm. And um, I probably shouldn't tell this story. Uh-oh. But it's a great story. Like, like the, my OJ, it's actually a great story. Okay. So my boss was a woman of indeterminate ethnic background. Mm. I couldn't tell if she was black or Italian mm-hmm. or Jewish. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't tell. And this was a real going concern. In my life, Wendy and I were dating and we, I would come home and we would talk and, and it was like, I remember doing a whole investigation, trying to figure out if my boss was black. Okay. Like this was a big thing in my life at the time. The other thing that happened during this year, this was the million man March year. It was either. It was. It's What's around that? the Million Man March time. In '95. I don't. That sounds right. Okay. The reason okay. I know is because I took off the day for the Million Man March, and I didn't know her ethnicity. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, is this going to jam me up if she's white or you know this? Anyway, so we pulled the machine out, the the, the television out, mm-hmm. and, and and you know it's the library. So so frankly, the library was like me. You know, I was like in my mid early 20s and just a whole bunch of old women because mm-hmm. it was a library. So whenever, you know, I always just sort of played, play, you know, laid in the cut, stood in the back, kind of watched things. So just generally. So they wheel the television out, you know, it comes on, they're about to call it. And I'm, I'm standing in the back with, you know, all the women are around the television, all white women. They say the verdict. Right. The women start cursing. It was crazy. It was like little old librarians. <laughs> Shit, I cannot believe it. I can't believe he got away with this. And like, you know, going off. And I just sat in the back, laid in the cut, you know, quiet. And my boss came over to me, leaned over and whispered in my ear. Can you believe how these white people are about this? <laughs> and that's how I found out my boss was black. Wow. I could not get home fast enough. <laughs> Wendy, guess what happened? She's a sister. Anyway, that's where I was when I heard the OJ verdict. Million Man March, October 16th, 1995. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I still have the, you know, because this was back in the day where it was all, it, it was all longhand. Like you had yeah. to fill out a form, you know, I want to take a personal day. And you remember it was starting to float around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that black men weren't going to be played so like everyone knew what i was asking permission off for right so right. like i did i have it i was like and i you know you know i was there this was less than a year that i had been there so you know i like i but i was like i need the day off and i gave it and she signed it and this and the other anyway that's where i was i th- think i was working at lockheed martin okay um, in their accounting department, which definitely made no sense because I hate and suck at math. In in planes. <laughs> and planes. And the woman who 
I worked with this lady, Barbara, so like a significantly older, but very cool, stylish lady. Um, and she made no bones that, you know, everybody like knelt at the, the altar of Barbara. She was a black woman. Mm-hmm. And she was cool with that, mm-hmm. but she she gave no Fs. Right. She gave no Fs, took, took no S. Right. And all through like the trial, she was like, she was like, they're going to get that boy off. They're going to get him off. They're going to get him off and watch. Wow. And y'all going to go crazy. They're going to go crazy in here and then they're going to go crazy. They're going to go absolutely crazy. And the crazy part about it is like in the accounting department, there was like this three, it was like three of us, Barbara, like in the cubicles, it was Barbara, then me and me. And then there was this third woman named Linda. And we Mm -hmm. were all like, both of them like black women and there's me in the middle and everybody around else on the floor, pretty much everybody else on the floor was, was white mm-hmm. and the, the black people were like on the other side of the building mm-hmm. we were all that was in the accounting department and, and barbara was like just stick her head they're going to get them out and they're going to go crazy watch it's going to go crazy it's going to go absolutely crazy and they announced it and i stood up and i saw somebody i just saw paper like flinging out mm. of like cubicles across i said barbara and she was like, they going crazy. They going crazy. And we just stood there. Me, Barbara, and Linda stood at our cubicles. Didn't say a word. Right, right. You, and what just, did you say? And now they were smart enough not to really say anything. But it was real tight. Oh, it was, it was real it tight. Was tight. It was real tight. It was tight. And people were like walking into offices yeah. like all stern <laughs> and stuff a lot, like, lot of hush a lot of hushing like a lot of just like furniture chairs oh, yeah. moving and stuff and look, we just sitting man. there just taking it in look. just taking it in dog look why are we talking about why is he asking about oj i don't know because i wonder like i don't think that was in november that they yeah, announced oh, like yeah. but yeah. he but like he said it he, he met somebody and that's how it is yeah all right it comes up there you go that's you know where were you? I mean, it was definitely one of those where were you moments. It's one of those where you were mo- moments. But when you think about that, it was twenty seven years ago. Yeah, there is two generations. Like where were you? I wasn't here. Look, man, I talk to my students about that sometimes. You know what's really crazy? Talking to them about nine eleven. I know. You know, talking about nine eleven, and and it's just like. You're, you're like you're actually talking about history right now mm-hmm. and it's like yeah that's if you live long enough i know you live through history like i tell them right now at some point you're gonna have to explain to some young people uh january 6th not even january 6th the pandemic oh yeah wow like you're gonna have to explain to people about the pandemic yeah yeah so you know you ha ha if you want but yeah and and it'll be interesting because it'll really be about it won't be about the the politics of it. It will just be one million people died. Right, one million people died, and just it was. It, it's funny, like like even listening to old episodes of our show, mm-hmm. like you can hear, like we're it, like it is kind of a timestamp where we're talking about things. Like, oh yeah, right, we were taping separately, and yeah, I remember I was at the house, and yeah, so yeah, I know. All right, all right. Let's get into the top five. Top uh, five. Top five. Who's your top five? My top five is. My top, top five, 
five, ladies and gentlemen, where I give Vincent a top five list and he gives me his expert commentary on it. Color commentary. Yes, Vincent. First person says colored commentary. He's punched in the mouth. <laughs> Your brother Damon said color commentary. See? No, he didn't. See, I was about to say, you already <laughs> try to start trying bringing cheeseburgers. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, Vincent. <clears throat> Tonight's top five. Mm-hmm. In honor of American Gangster. Yes. Starring Denzel Washington. Yes. These are the top five Denzags. Ah. Denzel Washington films that missed the mark. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Denzel Washington, who, who has had a very prolific career. Very prolific. Because I have to, I have to be honest. It was not easy coming up with five Denzags. I am surprised that you saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was saying prolific as in he's been in a lot of stuff. No, he has. He definitely has. So, so okay. He, he, well, let's let, let let's go then. What what, what are your den zags? Let's right. see if I agree with you. And the first den zag for you, Vincent. Okay. And these are going to be in chronological order. Okay. So the first den zag is for Queen and Country from 1988. Interesting. Denzel Washington plays a black British former paratrooper who joined the British army to escape the poverty of inner city London. He then fights in the Falkland Wars and upon returning home, he finds that society ignores and challenges him while trying to adjust to normal life. Mm. That doesn't sound like a a crime drama to me. It sounds amazingly boring. It sounds very boring. I remember watching it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, but I don't remember enjoying it okay. at all. And I remember, you know how people make fun of like actors who can't really get a an accent right? I was wondering about Denzel. I usually don't make big fun of I like I'm usually, you know, you've got to be really bad for me to even really care. Sure, sure. He's really Jada bad. Pinkett, Alan Payne, and um poetic, not poetic justice. Um Ly- uh, Jason's lyric. Jason's lyric. Yeah, D- Denzel doesn't. He doesn't do British well, at least not at this time in his career. Okay. I don't know if he's ever done British before uh, since. I don't. I'm just glad you skipped over Carbon Copy. I thought I was going to have to fight you. Well, here's the only reason why I didn't do Carbon Copy. I like Carbon Copy. Well, that's you. The only reason I didn't do Carbon Copy, and there's actually another another movie that I I bypass over, is because Denzel is not really the star. The star. Okay. Of that movie, you know, like he was that he and Carbon Copy. He was. He was getting a start. Yeah. You take I, what you get. I believe get. that's his first movie. Yeah. Yeah. So you, right. th- you get what you get. All right. All right. So what's next? So that's Queen and Country. Born ass Queen and Country. Yes. His Denzag from 1990 is Heart <laughs> Condition. <laughs> you going to stand for Heart Condition, Vincent? Heart Condition is so bizarre. It's, it's... that I actually have a soft spot for it. Mm. Mm. Please share with the class, the plot of Heart condition heart condition which i'm sure many people haven't even heard of heart condition stars denzel washington as lawyer napoleon stone yes yes what is names that white people think that black people have <laughs> obsidian black con <laughs> uh lawyer napoleon stone and also stars 
uh, actor Bob Hoskins yes. of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yes, fame. and just generally being awesome. As Jack Mooney, a police officer, the two rivals compete in the same workforce area in their community to help bring down the drug rate. Their goal is to help find the mysterious men that shot and killed Napoleon Stone. Because what that doesn't <laughs> tell you, ladies and gentlemen, is that Denzel Washington spends the majority of this film as a ghost. As a ghost! <laughs> it's ghost Denzel Washington. It's ghost D.A. Because doesn't Bob Hoskins get his heart? Yes. 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 He gets his heart in a heart transplant. It is the most bizarre film. Yeah. That I have a soft spot for. Why? Because it's so bizarre. And it's the type of movie that they would never, ever make anymore. No, they wouldn't. Or you certainly wouldn't get Denzel Washington in there. If you're listening to the podcast, you're not. I want you to Google the poster. For heart condition with Bob Hoskins with his arm around ghost Denzel Washington. Right. Because first of all, it looks like his arm is through Denzel Washington. Yeah. I actually think it is through Denzel Washington because yeah. he's leaning against Yeah. It. I agree with you. But, but I have a soft spot for heart condition. That's, that's not a good movie. I'm hoping there's another heart movie on here that I don't have as much of a soft spot for. But continue. Man, it's not a good, that's not a good film. Okay. Now, that's 1990. Yes. That's still relatively early in, in Denzel's career. You can tell because he has a mustache. True. True. However. However. That is after Glory. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I guess it is. So, yeah. so I don't know how much of a pass we can give him. For hey, that. look, man, brother can't. This is this is during our brother can't really turn down checks. Period. Fair enough. Yeah, and and perhaps perhaps it. Uh, who knows when they actually shot who heart knows, condition? Because he, he does look young. He looks a little yeah. bit decidedly younger. Yeah, and and it might be before the Oscar is actually awarded for fair glory. Enough. Fair so enough. fair enough. But the next film, the next Denzag film. number three, Virtuosity <laughs> from 1995. And you know Virtuosity was going to come up in this review. <laughs> yes, because Virtuosity, ladies and gentlemen, is the first <laughs> Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe joint. That's right. They have history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they certainly do. Um Virtuosity from 1995 is a science fiction <laughs> action film. Yes, it is. Come on, man. You got to give the plot. <laughs> Come on, stop. How you just go say they were in a science fiction film and not give them the plot of Virtuosity? Well, I'll start. Denzel plays a future cop that uses future cop technology like space guns <laughs> and computers and hover cars. <laughs> He's so silly. A former cop who has been imprisoned for murdering the psychopath who killed his family, Parker Barnes. (laughs) What is names that white people think that black people have? (laughs) Is recruited to test out a new virtual reality program where the goal is to apprehend a computer-generated being (laughs) called SID 6.7. And and what's SID 6.7 based on? Who is Russell Crowe, who has been modeled on hundreds of deranged criminals. Why wouldn't you make a, a simulated model off of that? 
when Sid manages to escape into the real world <laughs> because science, Barnes must capture or destroy him before the soulless entity can go on a killing spree. Oh, this was before Denzel was Denzel and Russell was Russell. This is way, <laughs> this way is, before. <laughs> this is way early in their filmography. Oh, boy. Whoa. <laughs> Although, just to go into the review, I love the fact that Russell Crowe decided to join the production of American Gangster mm-hmm. because he enjoyed working with Denzel so much. On virtuosity. But you know what? Here's the thing about that. Because Denzel was eager to work with Russell Crowe yeah. again, too. One, by the time they get to um, American Gangster 2007, they're both huge stars. Yes. So, yeah, they want to work with each other. Because they both want to say, look how far we've come, brother. But see, it's kind of like the Millie Vanilli thing now. Like Millie Vanilli, the heartbreaking thing about Millie Vanilli is that when it all went down, they couldn't hang together anymore. Like when they were just dudes, they were dudes. But when they stood together, they were Millie Vanilli. So if I were Russell Crowe and or Denzel Washington, I would have said we can't work together anymore because at some point somebody's going to start talking about virtuosity. Yeah, but by girl, you know, it's true. Yeah. Maybe, maybe 2000. The difference is Millie Vanilli had already hit the skids. Right. There were no skids for Denzel and Russell Crowe. So when people bring up virtuosity, they can just be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> Right, right, right. Yes, right. we did that. Yes, we did that. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Next question. You know? What well, would you bring to Thanksgiving? Okay, <laughs> and then it goes, got you. All right, fair enough. Well, that is certainly a zag. That is definitely a zag. Yeah. Um, that we eventually, and the thing is, all these acts we'll eventually get to eventually, them. Eventually, look, I'm virtuosity might come up in October, uh, October uh, April, mm. or Mother May I have another. It can be an <laughs> either. It, it can go. It can be an either month. <laughs> like I don't know if Denzel looked at Wesley Snipes or Wesley Snipes looked at Denzel because I don't know which came first, virtuosity or Demolition Man. But mm. somebody said, "Oh, hold my beer." <laughs> All right, next Denzag. Next Denzag. The Bone Collector. Oh, you find this to be a zag. I do find this to be a zag from 1999. The Bone Collector, a film directed by Philip Noyce, um, starring Denzel Washington and a very young Angelina Jolie mm-hmm. early in her career. The film, based on the 1997 crime novel of the same name written by Jeffrey Deaver concerning the tetraplegic detective Lincoln Rhyme. What is names that white people think black people have? (laughs) Quadriplegic forensic expert Lincoln Ryan is bedbound after an accident that left him completely paralyzed from the neck down. Amelia Donahue, a newly recruited police officer, discovers a mutilated corpse. Buried at a Civil War era railroad bed due to clue-like objects found at the crime scene, Rhyme concludes that the scene was staged and subsequently teams up with the initially hesitant Amelia, impressed by her natural forensic instincts. Um, This film also uh, stars Queen Latifah Mm -hmm. 
and Michael Rucker, who's always a, a pleasant. To, mm-hmm. Here's my thing about this movie. Okay, full disclosure, I saw it. I have no memory of it whatsoever, besides him in that bed. And that's the reason. Why. Okay. Because Denzel is pretty much, it, 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 it almost is the crime equivalent of Rear, rear Window. Okay. Where James Stewart is in the, it's, it is like in a wheelchair, he's got yeah. a broken legs and, and Grace Jones and his. Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly, excuse me. Grace Kelly. Grace Jones people. would have been much more interesting. <laughs> well, very, very interesting. It was Grace it was Jones. Very interesting film. Uh, Grace Kelly um, is basically his hands to, to solve, solve sure. a crime. And that's what this movie uh more or less is is like yeah. it's a lot more intense a little yeah. more, maybe a little bit more suspenseful but because angelina jolie who i don't mind as an actress oh yeah I like um, angelina jolie but she's still very young in her career at this mm-hmm. time so i don't think she, i don't think there's much chemistry between her and denzel in okay. this movie um which is why you said the only thing you remember is denzel in the bed and for a lot of people that went to see this movie the pe- people walked out of it impressed with Queen Latifah. Okay. Because um, this is early on in her transition in, into acting as well. Sure. So, other than that, the rest of the movie, I don't think really works. And it, and just, it just never really connected with me. Okay. I shall take that as a zag. Yeah, so that's why that's a zag. I started to actually choose Fallen which is a movie, the more of a supernatural thriller right. that he did with John Goodman. That yeah. was, I, I believe that one was actually shot here in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, but I didn't because I don't know how much I really connect with that one either, but every time, like I've seen it maybe about twice or maybe three times. You've seen Fallen three times. Because it's on TV. Okay. Um, and it still is a little interesting. It's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's why I, I didn't want to land there. It was okay. almost almost selected, but I, I went with the bone collector. And the number one Denzag? The number one Denzag. And mind you, we're, we're doing chronological. And considering that the man has got quite a resume. Yeah. It's, these are hard pretz. The bone collector has a lot of fans. I mean, I, mixed I reviews, but it was a films, hit. I just sort of don't have any memory of them. And a couple of them are very early in his right. career. So if he goes on a long time with heart condition. Yeah. But then there's also Out of Time from 2003. Don't remember that one either, do you? No, no, no. I like Out of Time. Oh, you do? Why do you think this is a zag? I don't, I, one, okay, here's... All right, first of all, let me just... Who directed this? Carl Franklin. Yeah, I like Out of Time. Um, the who Denzel previously worked with in Devil in a Blue Dress. Devil in a Blue Dress. Yeah. Um, out of Time deals with uh, Denzel as a police chief, Matthias Matt Lee Whitlock. What is names that white people think black people have? <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Matthias <laughs> Matt Lee <laughs> Whitlock. Matthias Lee Whitlock. <laughs> That's his name. White people think we just all have slave names. <laughs> don't we? <laughs> we don't we don't have slave names. Matthias Lee, I lift you up to the heavens. <laughs> so that the world can see my son. 
Deacon Charles, don't you talk so loud out there. Vincent, stop it. Stop it. Uh, Matthias Lee Whitlock is the police chief of a small Florida town going through a divorce with his detective wife, Alex, played by Eva Mendez. Yeah. He begins a passionate affair with Anne, played by Sinan Lathan, very young, only to find out that she's stricken with terminal cancer. Matt steals a large sum of money confiscated from a drug bus in order to pay for Anne's treatment. But when she apparently dies in a suspicious fire, the money disappears and all the clues point to Matt as the culprit. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember a a lot of all that. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, it never, it it just didn't connect with me at all. And this is 2003. Mm Mm-hmm. It really felt like Denzel, for maybe the first time, was a bit too old for this role. And he was maybe because it feels like this is meant to be a younger Denzel in I, this movie. I don't even disagree with that part, but as a zag, look, I mean, I would have put John Q on here before that. Yeah, well, okay. Really? Oh, yeah. John Q is not good. I well, I John Q is not that great of a movie, but I appreciate what John Q is trying to do and try to say. Oh, you like the messages of John Q? It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember liking the messages. Health insurance industry has got to be taken down. And isn't that the one with Kimberly Elise as his? It might be. Is his wife? That's always a good guess. And I like Kimberly Elise. His wife three or four times. So yeah. So uh, out of time, just it felt. It feels like it. It should be like a 90s Denzel, not 2003. Yeah, but a zag? I, look, it's as, to be fair, it's as much of a zag as he's had okay. in the last 20 right, years. Right, right. You right. know? Okay. I mean, I could have chosen, what's the movie where he's the, the rumpled, um, like, lawyer guy or, or something? With the oh, wig. yeah. You were just telling me. You Russell. Saw, yeah, Russell. You Russell. Russell was, yeah. Which didn't really connect with me, but I, I he was, he's great in the movie. And he's interest, doing some interesting he's work. interesting work, so I couldn't knock him there. All right. So, so your Denzags. Those are my Denzags. And I want to see at least two or three of these in the next couple of months, including Out of Time, which I <laughs> seem to remember liking. It's called Franklin. Deborah, without saying anything, before she even saw it, Deborah Battle said, I think the next movie is out of time. <laughs> yeah, see? See? see, people, people are right you. there. Right. People are right there, man. Yeah. They 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 feel they they Alonzo Walker said he used to like watching virtuosity. Used to. <laughs> it's a bizarre film. It is bizarre. It is Russell Crowe is all over the place in this film. Remember, he acts like a crazy person. No, I believe. Yeah, well, because he's got all the deranged right, criminals. Right, I don't head. know what all is happening. <coughs> Cocaine. But it's, but he is a wild man in virtuosity. Uh, Sharon Eldridge, uh, that, that movie I was talking about was Roman J. Israel. Thank you. That was the name of that movie. <laughs> I would do my what is a name that white people, but is, is that a real person? Isn't that based on a true story? No, I don't think so. What are names that white people think that black people have? (laughs) Roman J. Israel. (laughs) You're stupid. (laughs) The level of just baseline disrespect. (laughs) 
<laughs> gotta have a damn comic book name from 1971. <laughs> um, Tomb of Dracula, guest starring Matthias Deacon Jones. Now, here's a possible zag. Okay. And I wasn't sure about this, only because I haven't seen it in so long, I didn't feel right picking on it. Okay. Um, but I don't really remember it. Deja Vu. I have no memory of Deja Vu. The team of top secret pro uh, the team of top secret program brings ATF agent Doug Carlin. Oh, Denzel Washington. Very nice. Doug Carlin. Okay. I remember this is this is almost like minority report. I think so. Yeah. In, into its midst to capture the terrorists uh, played by Jim Cavill, uh Cavazil, um, responsible for a ferry bombing that left hundreds dead. It's amazing technology lets the team fold time four days backward and see the madman's movement as he plots to kill a woman who could give give him away. Doug realizes that the technology could allow him to do what law enforcement officers dream of, go back in time to prevent the crime. This was directed by uh, Tony Scott. Yeah, I seem to remember that movie being kind of interesting. I, I feel like the execution didn't land. Yeah, but, but I the, do the ideas yeah. were there. And I like a big swing. And you know, you, you know, gotta I like appreciate a big that. swing. So, yeah, there you go. All right. Denzag. Those are our Denzags. Those are our Denzags. That's the key. Why you would be surprised what a person can do with just a sense of love touch and a sense of sound. Six Degrees of Derville Martin, ladies and gentlemen, where Vincent will attempt to get in six movies or less to actors of my selection. Mm-hmm. Connecting them to that 70s man who never zagged. Never zagged. Always zoomed. Derville Martin. Derville Martin. Vincent, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Um, Is there a theme? You know, I tried to come up with a theme and I really couldn't come up with a theme. Okay. Freestyle. 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 Uh six degrees. So do you want him or her? You know, I'm gonna start with him. Very good. Aha. In six movies of Less Vincent, get from Derville Martin. Derville Martin to to Peter Sellers. Peter Sellers. Interesting. Oh, what is what do I know Peter Sellers from besides? The Pink Panther is the real question. Really? Oh, oh. Well, I know a few, but Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. I really always think about the Pink Panther. Peanut Sellers at Jolly. That's what I want. What's the last thing he was in before he died? Okay, let's go. Let's find out. What was the last movie of Peter Sellers? He died quite a while ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he in the Muppet movie? I don't think It's so. always a good thing to, to, to go for the Muppet movie with someone like this. His last film was the fiendish plot of Dr. Fu Manchu. From the 70s. I remember he was in that. He's the only one I remember in that. What's before that? Being there. Oh. Is Shirley McLean in being there? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, there you go. Oh, I just lost it. Lost the connective tissue. I just lost it, but I know how I'm going to get there. Oh, Shirley Mc. Okay, Robin in the Seven Hoods. Shirley McLean. Is she in that? I don't think she's in that. Okay, I don't need. I don't need to use it if she's not. Okay, because I don't believe she's, she's not in Robin and Seven Hoods. I don't believe. I'm going to check. Okay, but while you're checking, Derville Martin was in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner with Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier was in Porgy and Bess with Sammy Davis Jr. Sammy Davis Jr. was in Cannonball Run Two with Shirley MacLaine, who was in Being There with Peter Sellers. Very good, and, and she was not in. I thought Robin she was in one of those Rat Pack movies. Mm-mm. She was not in uh, Robin and the Seven Hoods. I figured the movie that she was in, because she was in one, it's not really. And I was going to go to that cluster, you know what, of Steel Magnolias. Like I knew I could, once I got to Steel Magnolias. She was in um, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, oh, see, I'm so busy t- trying to be cute. Yeah, but what I was going to do is Dick Anthony Williams to Steve Martin in The Jerk. Steve Martin is in, is it Being There? Not Being There. Um, What's the movie with Lily Tomlin, where, which is kind of like Heart Condition? Oh, um, oh it's an A. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's, it's like Heart Condition. So you're talking about Heart Condition. Yeah. Lily Tomlin is in 9 to 5 with... Dolly Parton, who's in Steel Magnolias with Shirley Shirley McLean, which then could have got me to being there. Peter Sellers is good because what year did he die? He died in 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, there you go. Peter Sellers. Okay, very good, Vincent. All right. All right, next up, who we got? Who's the lady? The lady is Jessica Lang. Oh, Jessica Lang. She's another one. Is Jessica Lang in? Yeah, she's very selective. You 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 think she's done more than she actually has. Right. She's one of these people who's just sort of famous. I mean, I mean, not sort not like you know, a reality star. She's sort of like I know she does good work. What's the last thing she's been in? She was in something not too long ago. Um, what's her big movie? What's Jessica Lang's big movie? How did Jessica Lang get famous? Well, um some of that might give give you too many clues. Most okay. Her most recent film was Marlowe, which actually came out this year. The film before that was Wild Oats, which came out in 2016. Oh, right. That was one of those baby boomers are still having sex movies. Who's the male lead in that? Because it's, it's, it's... Billy Connolly, right before he died. Well, it was his last film, film role. All right, that doesn't help me at all. I didn't think so. Yeah. That's right. the only reason I told you. <laughs> What's before that? The Gambler from 2014. The Gambler? Mm-hmm. I don't recognize any of these movies. <laughs> <laughs> um, Her big movies, like if I give you her big movies, it's going to give it away. Like the one movie, the, there's three movies that I think of off the top of my head with her, but I give it to you Who's a female lead in Bonnie and Clyde? That's Faye Dunaway. It's Faye Dunaway. I don't know what Jessica Lang was in. You know these movies. Give me one. Um. Oh, I'll give you. Well, no, this one will definitely help you. I'm not going to give that one. She was in 
she was in Cape Fear. With De Niro? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, let me uh, try and get something interesting with Denier. Oh, you know what? We'll 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 keep it local. We'll eat local. Um, Derville Martin is in Sheba Baby with um Pam Pam Greer, who's in Jackie Brown mm-hmm. with De Niro, who's in who's in Cape Fear with Jessica Lange. Very good. Who else is in that? Nick Nolte. Because he plays the husband. Right, 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 right. It's a good movie. But it's of a course, very good movie. It's, but you know, I never watch it because I watch the original. Yeah, what's right. what's her what's her big deal? What's what's Jessica Lang's big deal? Well, what's she's a big movie. I mean, she was in quite a few. She was um she's in Tootsie. Is she in Tootsie? She is in Tootsie. She is the star of the biographical film Francis. She oh, I never saw that. She was also in Crimes of the Heart with Diane Keaton and Susan Spacek. She was in The Postman Always Rings Twice. The right. remake. That's her that's her one. Jack Nicholson. And that's right. She was also in All That Jazz. The Bob Fosse. I forget about her in All That Jazz. And the movie that kicked off her career. Okay. And I know you know this movie. Okay. Vince, from 1976. Mm-hmm. King Kong. She was in the notorious King Kong remake. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know who else she's I was starring? about to say, who else is in King Kong? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Mm-hmm. That is a terrible movie. It's a very terrible movie. <laughs> and for me to say that, because <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, Mr. Heart Condition. Right, right, right. And then you know, it's it's a big, it's it's a monster movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet she wishes everyone forgot she was in King Kong. Look, it got her started. I don't feel that bad about Jessica Lange. I don't feel bad about her at all. No, no, no. I mean, about not because like half the stuff you think, like you said, all that jazz. I always think about Roy Schneider. And and what was the other one you said that you you don't think? I mean, you know, Cape Fear, you think about De Niro. And she was also in, um, she's the wife in Big Fish. Right. Tim Burton movie. Yeah, but uh she's got I mean she's got a few No 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 I would just like like you know it's 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 like she doesn't really have like a um a silkwood. I yeah, I or guess or um I you know hell even a, a nine to five. But okay, just Galang. Good one. Just Galang Peter Sellers. Mm-hmm. You pull them out your hat. Yeah, well I, I had to they had to go deep. Yeah, yeah. Make it challenging for you, Vincent. Yeah. Speaking of, you connected to Pam Greer. If you will indulge me, like a short little plug. Yeah. Um, to you. Okay. Uh, Turner Classic Movies podcast, The Plot Thickens. Mm-hmm. They have been doing this season. It's all Pam Greer. Nice. You really should listen to it because it's an overview of Pam Greer's career. Mm-hmm. As told by Pam Greer. Nice. So the like the whole episodes, and I think there's maybe about five or six episodes total. Mm-hmm. It's all Pam Greer just relating her story. I bet that's really it's really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. I'm I haven't listened to the whole thing. I think the finale just um posted last week. Um, so I'm still catching up on it, but I'm 
at that part, like right in the beginning of her film career, mm -hmm. where she had to literally decide between whether or not she wanted to go and do her first film or stay on and continue in a relationship with Lou Alcindor, who was transitioning right. into Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And part of her consternation was the whole changing over to Muslim mm -hmm. thing and what that would foretell for her role right. in his life. Gotcha. And she was bumping up against that. And gotcha. it's really cool to hear her speak about that. Yeah. You know, I think you would really, I know you're, you're very selective about the podcast you listen to. Yes. I think you would really, really enjoy this. Okay. I take that to heart. I receive that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we don't even have time for any type of trailer talk. Okay. So we're going to get right into our review of American Gangster. We'll be back with the film review as soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. man I worked for had one of the biggest companies in New York City. He didn't own his own company. White man owned it, so they owned him. Nobody owns me, though. The most important thing in business is honesty. Bribery. Extortion. Integrity, hard work. Murder, racketeering. Family. Never forgetting where we came from. Who is this guy? So you are what you are in this world. That's either one or two things. Either you're somebody, or you ain't nobody. Whose house is that, Frank? That is your house, mama. Mine! <laughs> want what you got, Uncle Frank. I want to be you. My investigation indicates that Frank Lucas is above the mafia. Who does he work for? Which family? He's not Italian, he's black. No black man has accomplished what the American Mafia hasn't in a hundred years! They tried to kill my wife! Frank Lucas is the most dangerous man walking the streets of our city. This is my home. My country. Frank Lucas don't run from nobody. This is America. American Gangster, a 2007 <clears throat> American biographical crime drama directed and produced by Ridley Scott, written by Stephen Zalian. The film is fictionally based <laughs> on the criminal career of Frank Lucas stars Denzel Washington and Russell Crowe with co-stars Ted Levine, Joe Ortez, Josh Brolin, Chiwetel Ejiofor, Ford, Norman Reedus, Ruby D, mm. Lamaria Nadal, and Cuba Gooding Jr. And maybe his best role. Hey, look, man, <laughs> look. And there's a reason for that, ladies and gentlemen. Um, in um, this film, in which this is Vincent's film, which is selection Vincent's for the stop on the show mission, Vincent, what's Vincent, you, what's American, you, American, American gangster. gangster? 
American, American Gangster, Gangster is the type, the type of, of film, film that is very appropriate for two days before Thanksgiving. Because this, because is, this a is a treat. This is this a is a meal. This, this is a, a, the type of movie, movie that arguably, arguably we don't make much anymore. Right. You know, it's it's just a big meaty showcase for two actors that I think arguably are throwback actors. Hmm. So you mentioned this is a film that is very fictionalized to the point where I don't know how much time is worth even spending trying to do one-to-one which part is true, which part isn't true. Because everyone involved, the one thing that everyone agrees on except for Frank Lucas is that the vast majority of this narrative is not true. (laughs) Right. So I'm really going to treat this just like a film. But But as you said, it is the fictionalized account of the rise and fall of notorious crime kingpin in Harlem, Frank Lucas. But it is also about the police detective who captured him, Richie Roberts. Mm -hmm. Frank Lucas is played by Denzel Washington, which is, for our purposes, the most important aspect of the casting. But almost equally as important, I would argue, is the casting of Russell Crowe. Yeah. As Richie Roberts. And as I just said, I think both of these actors are kind of throwbacks in a lot of ways. I, I, th- I think Denzel Washington has this very rarefied space where he's a leading man. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and even in, in the Denzags that we mentioned before the review, all the way back to St. Elsewhere, where he was black doctor over on the side. Mm-hmm. Denzel Washington always had the physical attributes of a leading man. Everything he's ever been in, you cannot take your eyes off of him. He pulls focus. And that is that is a gift. But even within the pool of leading men, Denzel Washington is a great actor. Mm-hmm. So as he's gotten more seasoned, as he's gone through his career, every now and then he takes these, you, you know, for, for lack of, of a better word, these almost Shakespearean roles that are bigger than life, whether we're talking about Malcolm X, whether we're talking about Troy mm-hmm. in Fences, whether we're talking about King Lear, I mean, um, Macbeth mm-hmm. in Macbeth. Frank Lucas in this film is a big role. He he has various colors and tones in his acting. He has to be a family man. He has to be a criminal. He has to be a, a sibling. He has to be a peer. He has to be in a position where he is getting mentored very early. And Denzel Washington pulls it all off with amazing acumen. In a film that is two hours and 40 minutes, he is in almost every scene. And he does a great job. One thing that that I love so much about his performance in this film 
It's a film that's a lot going on, a lot of moving pieces. Ridley Scott is a very kinetic director. There's a stillness to Denzel Washington every now and then that I think is is an attribute of a great actor. Like he's able to hold your attention in full stillness. Mm -hmm. And he does it fantastically. In a lot of ways, he reminds me of one of these actors almost from the 40s, where, where he, 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 he wears these beautiful suits. He's well-appointed. I'm saying the 40s, but, but you know, the real equivalent is Sidney Poitier. Yeah. Like Denzel Washington reminds, like this is a, a, a role that Sidney Poitier should have gotten mm -hmm. in the 70s as a period piece. Opposite him, you have Russell Crowe. And Russell Crowe is, is, in a lot of ways, a great actor. He's a throwback to the 70s actors. We were talking about De Niro. But I think about De Niro. I think about, like, Harvey Keitel. I think about, like, these kind of rough, rough uh, Gene Hackman, even. Mm -hmm. These kind of ruffled, kind of, you know, threadbare, suit-wearing guys. But... Once again, there's a physicality about them. And as Richie Roberts, he really is this 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 70s police detective cut from the same cloth as a Serpico mm -hmm. or or Popeye Doyle from the French Connection. Mm -hmm. And around these two poles, you have this wonderful story about the rise of this drug dealer and this kingpin who organizes his operation around family. And it's, it's, it's just such a lavish film with these wonderful performances. Like every couple of scenes, it's a performance by someone that you just love to see. And, and a bunch of um, Michelle Mission favorites. Roger Gouverneur Smith shows up for three or four scenes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Josh Brolin right? is amazing in three or four scenes. You mentioned Ruby D. Ruby D is fantastic in a couple of scenes. Won an Academy Award. And well, she should have. Chia will tell Edgel for. We said this when we watched them in Inside Man. I wish Denzel Washington and Chia will tell Edgel for would just work together periodically. Mm. Like just every five years, they make a film together. You wonder how someone, and, and I remember going back into this because I didn't remember some of the details, where Frank Lucas biographically was the mentee of, of infamous Harlem gangster Bumpy. Bumpy um, Johnson? Yeah, Bumpy Johnson. Bumpy Johnson. Mm -hmm. And I remember going into this, who could play someone that you would believe is a mentor to someone being played by Denzel Washington? Clarence Williams III for a scene. It's a great scene. Again, the direction, it's Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is, is I'm not going to say Ridley Scott is one of my favorite directors, but really, Ridley Scott has directed some of my favorite movies. Oh, really? Between Alien and Blade Runner, Ridley Scott didn't have to do 
anything else. Like those are the two, but then you add something like Thelma and Louise. You add something like, and I just had his filmography up. You add something like Gladiator. Mm-hmm. You add something like Black Hawk Down. This is a great director. The performances are perfectly appointed. The script is great. The direction is fantastic. At two hours and 40 minutes, you can always argue it could be shorter. Yeah. Like, like you can always argue that. I don't know how much I could argue it could be shorter because there are parts of this film that I don't want to see. Oh, really? Every single scene in this film, even the sort of extraneous scenes, like there's not even a subplot of Richie Roberts has a childhood friend who was a mobster Mm -hmm. or the construction of Richie Roberts uh, team, team. His, his squad. Everything is entertaining. There's there's one detail about this film that confused me that we'll talk about. One bit of casting choice that confused that we can talk about. You mentioned Cuba Gooding Jr. as Nikki Barnes. Mm-hmm. Idris Elba shows up for an electric two scenes. Yeah. And, and yeah, I, he sure does. And I have to say, over the years, if there's a scene that pops up on my feed, it is one of the Idris Elba scenes. But, yeah, I'm a fan of this movie. Big fan of this movie. Yeah, I'm, I had forgotten how much I enjoyed the movie as well. And mm-hmm. considering that you mentioned the runtime of two minutes and 40, two hours and 40 minutes, which is not a, a small movie, um, it goes along breezily enough, especially considering that there's not a lot of action Mm-hmm. in the film you know sometimes with some gangster films you can get yourself especially like a black gangster film you can get yourself lost in like you know there's at least a lot of killing and shooting in there there's not a lot of that in there this is really just like you said it's a tour de force for two great actors to go against one another um for the first time in a long time and really now at the height of their uh their powers mm-hmm uh, in Denzel and Russell Crowe, and they really make the most of it. I actually, like you, found myself really enjoying Russell Crowe, um, and I think I enjoyed Russell Crowe. It's it's interesting when you look at it because, you know, it's fictionalized, but in its fictionalization, it is kind of interesting in that. Frank Lucas is he's a drug lord full stop he can be very heartless full stop he can be very very he's not monstrous but he definitely is a man who knows who he is and it doesn't take no for an answer doesn't suffer no fools mm-hmm. right but they also try and paint him as this man with a certain level of ethics um pride not only in how he looks but in how he comports himself uh pride in how his the people around him comport himself mm-hmm. uh he's very he's very uh, very meticulous about the image that he is creating in the neighborhood and being a being someone who is a in in his mind, an aid to the 
to Harlem while at the same time being a destructor. Right. You know? Um, and and then you're supposed to buy into that, you know, he's a, like, he is a family man and mm-hmm. um, is um, committed wholly to not only his mother, but to his family, moving his family from up down, down South and sending them up, you know, and you meant to believe that he, he is doing that because he's looking out for his family. Right. You know, uh, as opposed to Russell Crowe, who is by at every turn we're shown a by the books police officer and who who does not, you know, um, cut any corners. No. In, in, in his police work. <clears throat> but that's because where there is so much order. There has to be chaos. And the chaos is the rest of his life. Right. The rest of his life is totally messy. He's a totally uh, reprehensible human being as far as a husband and and a father and doesn't appear to be much of have much of a life as far a personal life outside even with in regards to friends Mm -hmm. outside of just being a a cop so it's interesting that that how that you know that yin and yang there in the movie and knowing that a lot of this is fictionalized it makes you wonder okay how much of that is fictionalized right you know was Frank Lucas, someone that we actually kind of should be grudgingly kind of uh, champion because of how he lived his life, except he was a drug kingpin. (laughs) You know, is Russell Crowe the the one good cop that is just the world's biggest jerk? Right. Jerk off on the other side. You don't know where to land with that, because with me. As much as you find yourself at times wanting to root for Frank Lucas. I also had to remind myself, yeah, but this movie has shown that this is a man who is intelligent enough, has more than a few opportunities and the wherewithal to make better choices Mm -hmm. in his life. Right? So he doesn't have to be who he is. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to walk that walk. And therefore I can't feel sorry for him in the end when ultimately things come crumbling down. Sure. You know, Um, even though I think the film kind of wants you to a little bit. Well, maybe, I mean, frankly, that was part of the reason that Denzel Washington ended up agreeing to play this role because Because they show the consequences. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and so, so, like, so I was like a little bit like, oh man, I wonder how much of this is true uh, because I, I want to know how much of these feelings that I'm having are valid. Sure. But at the end, I have to just land on, well, these these feelings are created because of this film, and I'm right. enjoying this film. I'm enjoying all but one of the performances in this film. Ooh, I wonder who yours is. I get to me, there could only be one, but um, it's. Uh, the direction 
the filmography, everything, the soundtrack. Everything is on point. There's, there's like not a missed note. Does it maybe go a little long? Yes. Do you make, could you cut some scenes? Yes. If you're cutting scenes, you're probably cutting scenes on the cop side and not too many. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're probably cutting a couple of those scenes. And they're good scenes. But they're all good scenes. They're all they're babies. That will They will be like a Sophie's Choice of filmmaking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it really is an exceptional piece of work. Yes. Now, what the hell was Joe Morton doing? Who was he supposed to be? I had no... What was happening with Joe Morton? I don't know. I don't know. He has on this perm wig... And 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 then and and Derville's mustache and Derville's this hanging mustache thing. At first, I thought maybe he was in disguise mm-hmm. because at one point early on, Frank Lucas goes into disguise with an Afro wig and a, and a beard, which was very interesting. Which was very interesting. I didn't see that in Frank Lucas's bag of tricks. What was going on with Joe Morton's hair? I don't. I don't know. He was playing Charlie Williams, and they never explain they, who they never, Charlie they is. They never explain who he is. But he's just this—he's just this guy. He's just kind of around. Yeah, it's like because he, he's not involved. He doesn't seem to be involved with no. the crime. No, he's drinking brandy out of the little—the the little glass. And, yeah, and then he was there at Christmas. I, I don't know. I don't know. I thought maybe he was a ghost. Like, I was trying to see if other people saw him. Was he Jiminy Cricket? I was like, this is a really strange choice. Because I thought, because I thought, okay, because he talks about, uh, he's introduced in the film after Bumpy Johnson dies. Right. And comes up to Frank's like, well, Bumpy made me um, promise that I would always take care of you. Take care of you. And then he's gone from the movie. And he's gone. (laughs) And the next thing you know, he's at Christmas. And you're like, you're thinking, well, maybe. Maybe the wig wasn't as bad as I thought it was. <laughs> but no. 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 <laughs> then he's in front of the Christmas tree. Why is he there at Christmas? Giving Frank's wife's orders. Take this glass for me, baby. I was like, that's a lot? I know. I didn't I did not understand. I didn't understand that. Now I didn't know what he was doing. I don't think he plays any role in the film. <laughs> no. Because he does nothing in the movie but just be this guy in the mustache yeah but because he's just this joe morton in this weird mustache i'll allow it you 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 always allow joe morton always whatever decision joe morton Morton makes you go along he's like bill cobbs you know and I, i have a funny feeling that probably was uh uh ridley's read you know what scott's read just Okay, Joe. All right. There's your choice. Just go with it. All right. Yeah. Let's, we'll cut three of those Joe Morton scenes. <laughs> Just cut them down. <laughs> you know the scene in Alien where the alien burst out at dinner? Mm-hmm. The cast didn't know that was going to happen. I know. he wanted. So he wanted when you to keep see it. them all freaking out, that is an actual reaction. I know. I, know. I kind of thought maybe that's what was going on with Joe Morton. Like maybe Ridley Scott and Joe Morton got together and said, we're going to wear this uh, wig. Yeah. And he didn't tell the rest of the cast what was going on. I don't know. You talk about Russell Crowe and Denzel Washington going head to head, but I think it's worth noting they don't appear together in the film until the very end of the movie. 
Yeah, they talked about that. Like the last 20 minutes, it's almost a version of talking about two juggernauts in the film together. It's almost like uh, De Niro and... Kevin Costner. Uh, no, well, I was going to say De Niro and Al Pacino in Heat. Oh, I was thinking about De Niro and Kevin Costner in The Untouchables. Same thing. Because it's the cop chasing Same the thing. Crook. Oh, right. Well, that, that well in Heat, it's the cop chasing... Oh, true. And remember, they meet in the diner the one time. Mm-hmm. That's it. But talking about this film being long... I lost track of how many strains of narrative in this film that I said, I wrote in my notes, well, shit, here's a movie right here. Oh, yeah. So to start at the end, I could have watched two hours of Richie Roberts and Frank Lucas's relationship after Frank Lucas had gotten arrested. Yeah, because they actually become friends. They become friends. Towards the beginning of the movie, I mentioned him, the Michelle Mission favorite. Roger Gouverneur Smith plays Frank Lucas's cousin mm-hmm. who's in Vietnam, who orchestrates this, this connection yeah. so that he can cut out, he being Frank Lucas, can cut out the middleman and get this pure heroin. But there's this wonderfully evocative moment where Roger Gouverneur Smith and Denzel Washington are traveling through the Vietnamese jungle. Mm-hmm. And I said, huh, well, there's a movie right there. Yeah. Roger Gouverneur Smith and Denzel Washington in uh um in 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 sort of uh um apocalypse now type film setting up a drug connection for two hours. I already mentioned Chi Wachel Edgeofor. As soon as Chi Wachel Edgeofor came to the phone as Frank Lucas's little brother, you know. The Lucas family. That whole deal. With Ruby D as the matriarch. Oh, yeah. I'm all in on that. Yeah. Josh Brolin as the head of this corrupt. Troupo. New York drug um, squad mm-hmm. that keeps running into Richie Roberts' group. You know what? Now we don't even have a Michelle Mission movie. Russell Crowe versus Josh Brolin. In a 70s period piece? Yeah, sign me up for that. Only thing about that, that movie would wind up being Copland. It, you say that like that. Is that is that bad? No, so I'm saying like we don't want it to be Copland? No, I'm saying we've got Copland. I mean, yeah, but we don't have it with Russell Crowe and Josh Brolin. Yeah, but I'll take uh Harvey Keitel in um um in doing something, Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. You know? I'll yeah. take that. I'll take that. And there's actually a, more than a few. And Robert De Niro in that movie. In yeah, Copland true. Too. So true. I, I would take Copland. True. I'm good with that. You talked about what is and is not true in this film. And, and it is a lot of it that is up for debate. But one moment that a lot of people agree on is that Frank Lucas got on people's radar at the Muhammad Ali fight. When he goes to Muhammad, and if you Google Frank Lucas yep, images, that's right. that is the picture that comes up. It is an infamous picture right, of him in wearing that this $20,000, $30,000 chinchilla, chinchilla mink. Yeah. And at a fight filled with celebrities, mm-hmm. filled with organized crime figures, filled with politicians, this black man that no one has been paying attention to whatsoever has better seats than everybody. Yeah, yeah. And that's the reason why he, he stands out. And maybe he stands out just as a black man, <coughs> but you maybe don't notice it 
Except he's got on this big chinchilla right, coat right. and hat. Well, you assume Nikki Barnes also has a good seat. And Nikki Barnes infamously, and they show it very quickly in the film. Nikki Barnes played by Cuba Gooding Jr. Nikki Barnes was on the cover. Right. Of, I think, the New York Post mm-hmm. as the Harlem crime lord. Mm-hmm. So, you know, his loud ass probably had a good seat, too. Yeah. Yeah. But he wanted everybody to know he had a good seat. Now, the only thing that I couldn't find out. And he did use his family. All that's true, too. Like That was like, true. Like, he got his family involved. But what I, was, what I was interested from a narrative point of view is how true it was that Frank went about his business in a business-like manner. And that one time at the the fight was the one time that he stepped out right. of his, out of character, right. you know, with his wardrobe. Because if you look at his other, first of all, if you look at his other pictures, he seems to be downplayed, but you don't know how downplayed that is because seventies clothing was just always, always sure. a, little, a little louder. Yeah, but he certainly seems to be not as out there as like because Nikki Barnes was always on right. Front Street. With, yeah, yeah, with oh, his yeah. look and very his style. flamboyant. And, and as he mentioned, this I I one hundred percent agree with you. I think this is Cuba Gooding's best role, and I think he's really good in Jerry Maguire. He's very good in Jerry Maguire. I think he's better in this, and it's primarily because he only has about six lines. Oh, so it's all image, right? And he right. can be, he pulls that off, yeah. very well. Yeah, you know what I mean. But that's the only thing that's like that's the one thing I would want to know, like how true that is. I mean, more people than not agree that it's a flashpoint. Okay, like even if he was up on the board. Mm-hmm. No one thought this is someone like he like, was as big right, as he was. Right. Like, I think they do a really good job conveying. I, I think all of us, just from the extensive research that we've done through hip hop and gangster movies, mm-hmm. know the way the drug game works. Like, like black people are at the bottom of the totem pole. Right. And they get their supplies from organized crime, mm-hmm. oftentimes white people. Mm hmm. And it is true that that Frank Lucas bypassed all of that, the all of that. Yeah. Yeah. In a way that he was his own man. So because it was unprecedented, I don't think it's too far out of bounds to think that even if people knew he was a criminal, the thirty thousand dollar mink in the second row seats made people say maybe we need to really pay some attention to him. Yeah. Uh, Just only because I, I. alluded to it i will say the one casting that i just didn't get was oh besides joe morton oh right we said we allowed joe morton was lamari uh nadal as eva frank lucas's wife i mean yeah she's not asked to do anything but like she doesn't she doesn't do anything she doesn't come pop off the screen at all and there are moments where the camera, even if she doesn't have anything to say, the camera lingers on her. Right. And it, there's nothing. You there's know what? I, you there. know how I read that? That was another detail that showed you that in his heart, Frank Lucas is a drug dealer and 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 a monster. Like 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 for all this, I'm a family man. I'm this, that, and the other. Like like. I think it shows you're a family man, but you've pulled 
your family into chaos Mm -hmm. and you end up getting a couple of them murdered. You end up getting a bunch of them sent to jail. Your nephew who had a promising baseball career ends up dead in a project. Uh, to be fair, though, he tried to set his well, at least yeah, according to, yeah, according to the movie. Even in the film, he doesn't try that hard. I mean, he had his meeting set up with him with, with the right, Yankees. Right. How much harder do you need? Look, you can't and he come, doesn't show up to the meeting. Can't come work for me. This is not the life for you. Like when he no, says, you're right. He should have like said when that. He says, "I want to be you, Uncle Frank." That's that's when Uncle Frank tells him this nah. is not right. Yeah, no, no, I hear you. So in my mind, he saw this woman. And he's not really looking for a partner. He's not looking for a wife. He's looking for something else. Looking for a trophy. Looking for another trophy. Yeah. Something that he can steal from Joe Lewis. Like, you know, speaking of a movie, the other movie I want to see, I love the tension between him and his mother, played by an extraordinary Ruby Dee, Mm -hmm. who has, you know, maybe two scenes where you're like, this, she's doing some work here. Like there's a moment at the end where Ruby D has this wonderful monologue and she's talking about Frank's influence on his brothers because he's brought all of his younger brothers in and what they would do if it was him. And Frank is distracted because he's going to do some dirt. And and then you just get this wonderful reading from Ruby D where she says, even I know you don't shoot cops where you realize this sweet little old lady from North Carolina has been paying attention. Yeah, she knows what's going on. And she knows what's happening. I don't say nothing. Right. But I know what's going on. Yeah. 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 So, you know, this is not somebody. It made perfect sense to me that his wife kind of vanishes. So, but I hear you. Would you recommend people see American Gangster? I absolutely would. I absolutely would. And, And once again, this is a film that if you have not seen it in a long time, it's worth seeing. It's worth carving out the almost three hours Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing. I think it's a film that you need to watch from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, don't take breaks. Don't watch an hour here, hour there. Actually, one of the best decisions I made today is I waited until I had a chunk of time to watch it as opposed to watching an hour and then go and do something and come back. So, yeah, I absolutely would. And yourself? I would recommend that people see American Gangster. I think that it is a film, if it is not, and for some reason I got a sense that it's not, it should be on the pantheon of the great American crime dramas. Mm -hmm. Um, Up there with The Godfathers 1 and 2, Mm -hmm. Once Upon a Time in America, Mm there are a few other films you can put up there. Me, myself, I would put up there like Blow because I love Blow. Hmm. Um, I know there are people who would scream out for Scarface. And maybe you want to put it up there. American Gangster is 10,000 times the film that Scarface is. Well, it's epic. It is. Like I said, this is this feels like this feels like a film that they made during the period where they made The Godfather. Or they made Once Upon a Time in America. Like, it's a big film. Yeah. Like, even Scarface. Scarface feels very 80s to me. It, oh, it's very. You know, it's, very, it's you epic know. for the 80s, right. but it's 80s. Right. You know, as, as you said, there is a f- not as much violence as you th- would think in a mm-hmm. two hour and 40 minute film. Mm-hmm. Which then, therefore, makes the violence all the more 
real and and startling and yeah. impactful. Yeah. In this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that is our review of American Gangster from 2007. Go check that out if you haven't seen it for in a long while. Next week here on the Me Show Mission, I'm going to tell you what we're going to be seeing. But first, I invite you to check out the Me Show Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all of the cool designs and gifts that we have available for you by way of our good friends at Public, including our Six Degrees uh, collection. You can leave us a voicemail like Aaron Fry at 215-867-9666 and tell Vincent and Len what is on your mind or ask us a question like Aaron Fry did. Email us at MichelleMission at gmail.com, M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. Follow us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for now at Me Show Mission. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com at Me Show Mission. Uh, become a, a subscriber so you never miss one of our live streams because they are. They're messy, but they're fun. Yeah. Um, and please give us a five-star rating and review wherever you get podcasts, especially if it's Apple Podcasts, because that helps people find our show, which is a proud member of the Podglomerate Podcast Network, the Podglomerate. They make podcasts work. Uh, don't forget that Sanai Lathan is the cat woman that you didn't know you deserved. I'm going to keep on saying that until True. she comes on the show. True. And next week on the Michelle Mission... It is my turn, and we're going to close out November with comedy. Okay. And a sequel. Okay. A long-awaited sequel. Long-awaited. Long-awaited sequel. Um, early on in the mission, Vincent and I sat down and reviewed Friday, and it has taken us this long to get to next Friday. Next <laughs> Friday. Next Tuesday. Next Friday. <laughs> Exactly. Next Friday, next Tuesday, here on the Me Show Mission. Until then, he's Vincent, I'm Len, and in parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again. Mm-hmm.